And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokeandTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my beautiful fiance, the Smokin' Nicole. Uh, Mr. Jonathan M. Carney is not with us tonight as he prepares for his coming nuptials in the next few days. Um, but what we do have with us is perhaps my favorite bear in the whole <laughs> world. It's Bear Duplissy of El Oso Fumar Takes. What's up, Bear? Oh, good evening. Good evening to the lovely couple. So, uh, so, uh, so much for being the favorite bear. I mean, is there really any other competition? I no. mean, in terms of being like the best bear that's out there? Uh, no. You know, it's, I mean, what do you got? You got polar bears, you got grizzly bears, you got yogi bear, you got smoky well, bear. A Those are legends. Yeah. The Coca Cola bear. Too. The Coca Cola bear. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So, um, what other okay, famous so there's bears a, are there? So there's a lot of bears better than me, but that's cool. That's cool. I didn't say they were better. I just those are the other bears in existence. Yeah. Right, right. No, but I'm still your favorite, so it doesn't really matter. So that's that's a good company that I'm keeping though. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my cigar went out. Oh God, don't let that happen. Which you know what? Since we're here, <laughs> let's do it before we get into to uh, to getting all about what makes bear tick. Um, what are you smoking tonight? Is your you're our guest? I'll let you go first. Well, actually, I I love to do this bit um, sometimes. Oh, I know I what usually you're doing. Do, I usually do it on the cigar coupe primetime special edition, but I'll, I thought I'd bring that over to some smoking tobacco and let you guys pick my cigar for me. Oh, I know this game. I've played this game before. All right. So I've I've got a Room 101, uh, Farce, Connecticut, uh, the Super Toro. All right. Well, I already I already have my selection. Uh, I have the Oliva uh, V, the uh, Oliva V, uh, Serie V, uh, Lancero. And uh, I've got an Avo Nicaraguan Fogata Robusto. So those the the second two are really good. I've had both of them and they're very good. But I'm going with Room 101. Okay. Does Nicole get a vote? Or are you just like are you just gonna go ahead and veto her vote and just say that's what I'm smoking? I'm pulling my veto on this one. But it, for what it's worth, Nicole, I cared what you thought about. So thanks. <laughs> wow, what would you have picked anyway? I probably would have picked the room one. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> well, you know, what I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, um, I am smoking. So I have something a little different. I'm smoking a Diamond Crown Black Diamond from the Toast Across America pack, 2017. Um, this was the, uh, much longer, um, like Hemingway, which I don't think is a regular release shape. I think that was only done for the, the toast packet, um, from couple. So this is, this has been around for a couple of years now and it, it's really good. I'm really enjoying this much longer smoke. Um, our friends at two guys, cigars.com do carry, uh, diamond crowned as well as all products from JC Newman who uh, is now a part of Smoke and Tobacco, as we are from the... It's not official. I didn't, I didn't say it because like, it's not all together yet because we're still... Like, it's official, it official. Well, it's of a, it's, a, it's official, but <laughs> we don't have the backdrop yet. So it's like I... You know, I, I was trying to wait till that was there to kind of do like the full like grand announcement. like Well, not like announcement, but like the intro with it because I don't know. But 
this is the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios. Yeah, um, for those of you guys who don't know. So, for our friends at J.C. Newman, I decided to smoke a Black Diamond. Um, and I found this one in, in my humidor, and I said, oh, that's a really good one. So, I'm going to grab that. Um, our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com do carry um, the regular Vitolas and sizes and, and whatnot in the Black Diamond uh, line, as well as all the other cigars from Diamond Crown, uh, including the my personal favorite, the Julius Caesar, which I think is, whew, that's got to be in my top five cigars. I mean, I, I love that cigar. I really do. I, it's a, so it's, I think the first um, Diamond Crown J.C. Newman that I had, I, the first cigar I had from them, and it blew me away. Oh really? It was your it was your first uh, it was your first J C Newman. That was my like first J C Newman, yeah. Like not Brickhouse, not Quorum. No. You went you went straight to the top. Well, you, you know, around. I mean, I mean, years ago when I when I was first becoming a cigar smoker, I mean, I you know as 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 most do, you know, you don't know, and you just you know people recommend stuff and you try stuff, and someone had recommended that to me actually at Two Guys Smoke Shop, and I said yeah, and I I lit that up and I loved it. I thought it was a great cigar. Um. And to this day, it, it's still one of my favorites. I just, I, I love that cigar so much. Here's a question for Bear. What was your first bougie cigar? Mm. <laughs> what was my first what cigar? Bougie. Fancy. You said Fancy. That, that Julius okay. Caesar was up there. So Fancy. what oh, do okay. you consider the first cigar that you had that was fancy? Well, I mean... I mean, fancy for me. I mean, when I first started out, it was anything like over like three bucks. I mean, so I mean, the 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 the, the, the ceiling was pretty low um, to begin with. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, I have I have two I have two stories with that. I think the first one um, the first one was probably I mean, the first one really is my first true like premium boutique cigar experience, which was with La Florida Minicana. You know, too bad John can't be here, um, but. Uh, and that was, you know, when I was, I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college and I stumbled my way into an event asking for a Romeo and Juliet. Cause I thought I was just so cool. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Romeo and Juliet's, but that was like what everyone talked about when you talked about cigars that weren't like gas station stuff. You went into, I went into my very first premium cigar shop, stumbled into it, a little Florida Dominicana event. And, uh, and I was handed a single La Hero, not mind you, double La Hero yet, single La Hero, uh, La Florida Dominicana. And that, thing just kicked my ass and it was glorious and i loved every i loved every moment of it and i went back for another like two days later it was beautiful um yeah so that i mean that's probably like my first like because fans i mean because even at the time i think i think they were retailing this was 2002 dating myself here um this was 2002 and i'm pretty sure they were probably retailing at the time for like seven or eight dollars which was pretty pretty pricey you know up there for a college kid right so um but i think um the one like 25 plus dollar cigar the first one i ever had was probably my 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 experience with the opus lost city really yeah where i actually paid for it right or i actually paid for it and um and that 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 was that was that was really cool. It was really cool putting. I mean, because that was a lot of money to 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 burn, literally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it literally. was it was a really cool experience. Um, really enjoyed it. I, I you know I made it akin. To, it, it was akin to uh, kind of the experience that I had at Casa Fuente just a few weeks ago with you all, uh, where I smoked the uh, the 20th anniversary Opus X for the first time. That blend. 
and um, you know I was around good people, you know, drop some drop some coin on a on a cigar, and and and, and it was just a great experience. And really, so. we all smoked the uh, the God's Whisper. I didn't. Yeah, the the Bellicoso or the or the Figurado, which is the 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 nondescript disclaimer that you put on anything that's odd shaped. Yeah. Figurado. I think it's I think it was because there's the power of the dream and then there's the God's whisper. I believe we had the God was God's whisper. Um, and yeah, it, the the 20th, the Opus Blues, as they're more informally known as, um, are very good. Um, very great cigars. Um, and, you know, that was also a great experience that we had. You know, we were all being together finally, you know, at Casa Fuente of all places to smoke it. Um, it was a great time. I even have my uh I took home some hardware. I have my, my Casa Fuente ashtray from Casa Fuente Las Vegas with me. It's funny you bring that up. There you go. I know. I I'm a sucker for the uh for the um the novelties. I love that shit. Um, I should have brought the I should have brought my bobblehead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we we got a couple of them now. We're building a collection. Building the collection. Um but Nicole, what are you smoking? I am smoking an Atabay. Hmm. Delirios. What's the occasion? I don't know. I just wanted one. Wow, Bear. <laughs> she thinks really highly of you to smoke an Atabay with you as a guest. Or she could just be really thrilled to be with you, and I just happen to be the byproduct. So my first cigar, just True. so you know, was an Atabay. <laughs> That's what he gave me to I start with. No, I remember. <laughs> actually, you know what? I... I I, I wasn't about to say that, so I won't be that cocky. But I, I do remember you s- just telling me, either uh, telling that on a show, and then also telling me that again yep. uh, once. And I was like, I was like, I mean, you, I mean, that's that's some high level. That's some high level. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you go from there? Like, if you start with that, I well, mean, how do you go from there? It was like the second time <clears throat> that we actually got together. You know, like after we met and it's whatnot. On our second date. And. Um, <laughs> I was just smoking a cigar because I was just finally happy to be out of the house and be with other people. And, you know, it was it's that beginning stage when you're excited with, you know, you're with new like partner, girlfriend, whatever that that first, you know, the honeymoon phase, you're all excited. I was feeling good. So I smoked an Atavay. I was in the car and she just wanted to try it. And I was like, and then, you okay, so I gave it to her and she tried it. It wasn't like, okay, this is going to be your first cigar. Try this. It was just kind of like. I was already enjoying this, and she was like, I really just, I want to go for it. I'm like, okay, here you go. And that was that. And she just was lucky that, she she was lucky that, I guess that was the cigar of the time. He was smoking a cigar, and he blew me away with his Atabe. Nicole, I'm having a hard time (laughs) hearing your audio. Sorry. I don't know, is it, can you hear me now? Is it better? I I had my mic. And I missed something really cool, too, because you're obviously having a great time. What is going she on? She is not really good with the placement of her mic. It needs to be like right here, but she always puts it like down here or like over here or like up here. It's got to be like right here. Right here. Right here. Um, but no, she said that I blew her away with my Atabay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it would have been better the first time. Damn it, I missed it. That's uh, my fault. I know, right? Hey, it happens, you know? Uh, yeah, so no, that, that's just kind of how that came to be. Um, and you know, it could have been any cigar that was just what I, you know, decided I wanted to take with me when I went out that day. And I, that's what I took. 
and uh, that's what she was like. Hey, I want. And to her, she didn't know what it was. So she, to her, it's just like it's just a cigar, and she tried it and she loved it. And I'm like, well, I mean, I hope so. That's a good cigar. So don't don't expect them to all be that good, <laughs> as she as she later figured out. Yeah. But you know, um, she really loved your she really loved your first date when you fucking took her to Del Frisco's. I mean, yeah. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know exactly. It's we should like, come back here sometime. Yeah, <laughs> let me look at my. Well, wallet. we didn't have a, we didn't have a first date. We never really actually had an official yeah. like first date until like three, four months in because of COVID. Yeah, like our first encounters were really just like these casual outdoor meetups because of the pandemic situation. So we never really had that like. I took her to dinner the first time. Like we never did that. Like I mean, we did, but it wasn't like the actual like first time. You know that we, get, we we did that like months later when we actually could go to restaurants again. It was like, oh, okay, and it was kind of weird because it was the first time we went to a restaurant together, but we already like knew each other and we'd already been spending like a lot of time with each other. So it was, <laughs> I don't know, it's just kind of how it was. It was a very weird time, but um, so yeah, it, it, our the beginning of our relationship was very unconventional, but we still made it to the same destination. That's all that matters. <laughs> that's that's yeah, my mentality. Yeah, I mean, I, you absolutely. I mean, listen, I. I think I, re- I God, it feels like I'm Facebook stalking you guys, but I think I, I think I remember that. Wasn't it like was it was it a barbecue joint or what was the first date? Like the actual first dinner date? Like y'all went out because you documented it, so I'm not being totally creepy here. I'm not, I'm not I gonna lie. I don't even know. No, I don't think it was barbecue because we were like we were. It was when restaurants just opened here so we weren't trying to broadcast it so much because people were still okay. weird about going out to yeah eat. we didn't want people to like <laughs> trying to shame us for going yeah. out to dinner and I was like, like the first day i think you were able to go out to a restaurant we went out to a restaurant we we're like oh people are going to judge us but we really wanted to go <laughs> so hmm we okay, do, so maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't see the first one we yeah, do frequent we do well i will say this yeah. we do frequent um a particular barbecue restaurant uh, or at least uh, one brand. There's a couple locations, depending on where we are. But um, there is a barbecue place that we do frequent, and it is the Smoke Shop Barbecue by um, Andy Husbands. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, and they have some really killer barbecue, top-notch stuff. They smoke everything in-house, uh, like real-deal barbecue, not like, you know, they just cook stuff on the grill. Like real smoked meats, uh, burnt ends, briskets, ribs, chickens, um you know they got the cornbread down they got the slaw down kind of the whole thing but what makes it really special for us uh as we're big bourbon people they have a killer whiskey menu um most of the crazy fun stuff that you can imagine uh depending on the time i guess um but they usually have it um and so that's that's always fun for us too I, i i like to tell people i go there for the bourbon but i stay for the food well Bear, I have a question for you. What's your number one barbecue meat? Like, if you could choose. Oh, that's a great question. Especially so, being from uh, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I mean, I love food. I'm a, I'm a huge foodie. Um, I, I love all different types of food, and I'm, I'm always willing to try anything and stuff. Um, bar- barbecue, so I grew up in El Paso, Texas, which is actually West Texas, and a lot of people actually confuse that with not really being Texan, but I am. <laughs> have the birth certificate to prove it. Uh, but, um, and, but I mean, but what I grew up, I grew up on, I grew up on genuine, authentic Mexican food. Uh, that was, that was, that was our jam. But so as far as like barbecue, it really wasn't, it really wasn't part of, I mean, we did it growing up, but it really wasn't like it is 
over here in the Dallas Fort Worth area where it's just like a way of life and some stuff. So, you know, as a Texan, you would expect me to say beef, right? So like, you know, either, you know, brisket or something like that. But, um, and I do love a good, I do love a good brisket. Um, however, um, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge pulled pork fan. Um, oh yeah. I, so, um, I think that if I had to choose like, if I go for, if there's a dish that I typically go for when I try out, you know, barbecue restaurants, it's typically pulled pork because I want to see Ooh. it. So it's funny you mentioned that. I took a solo trip to Dallas last year, like right before COVID in January. And I went to okay. the Pecan. I'm probably. Pecan Lodge? Yeah. Pecan Lodge? Yep. Yeah. And I had something called the Hot Mess, which was like mm-hmm. a salt crusted sweet potato with pulled pork. And it was absolutely delicious. Pecan Lodge is pretty epic. Um, yeah. uh, I have had I uh, I had the hot mess uh, once. Uh, not that I wouldn't return back <laughs> to it, but uh, but no, that's no, it's a it's a good place. Cadillac Barbecue is really good. Uh, hard eight, um, but I'll tell you the best pulled pork um, that I've had in my life is from a. I wouldn't call it a hole in the wall now because he actually won Guy's Grocery Games. He Ooh. won an episode of Guy's Grocery Games. So he's actually kind of – Oh, I think I know who this is. Is it is it Franklin? No, no. That's down in Austin. This guy oh. – this guy is – this guy's Rosa- his name is Rosacco, uh, and it's a place called Rosacco's. And uh, he's he does Cajun food and barbecue. So soul food and barbecue is his jam. And uh, – and he took over like a one of those really old school Taco Bells, like the ones that actually look like a mission, that look like a little. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he took one of those over, and he built it out. And like, I mean, at first it was like just literally some tables, some chairs, but really good food. I mean, really good home style food. And uh, but yeah, best pulled pork in my life. Really unique flavor. Ooh. He really does it uh, good. He's really proud of his biscuit, his biscuit, his brisket. <laughs> and I'm not saying that he shouldn't be. But he should be much more proud of his pulled pork because that 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 shit's amazing. So yeah, so Rosacco's. I'm a huge burnt ends fan, and you haven't been there yet. And I was hoping to bring you to this place when we went to um, uh, the barn smoker that was canceled, which we'll get into um, a little bit later. But um, I can't call Bear my favorite bear because this place is called Bear's Barbecue. <laughs> Actually, I'm not kidding. See, and Nicole's it's in honest. Connecticut. Um, and their burnt ends, amazing. Phenomenal. It, they have like three locations um, near Hartford and like Windsor. And it's right around where the barn smoker was going to be. Um, and now I'm bummed. Yeah. I mean, we could drive the hour and a half to just get that part. I was like, you could just go. Like, I know. It's that good. It I mean, is. Well, when you guys come to, when you call us, come to Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, so the place in Fort Worth, you all check out. If you're a burnt ends fan, you got to check out Heim. Heim Barbecue, it's on Magnolia in Fort Worth. Epic, epic burn ends. Fred Rui, Fred Rui approved. So okay. You know oh, that's that, yeah, that's that's the gold standard right there. <laughs> that's the gold that's standard. The, oh, <laughs> if, like, if Fred yeah. Rui approved it, I, that made me feel good. <laughs> I'm being serious too. Um, no, the, yeah, I I I've always wanted to to come to Texas. You know, I have even I have so many more reasons to now. Um. But the only one, reason you need sitting right here, but yeah, I know that's what changed the game. But no, even like growing up, like I always wanted to go to Texas um, and like the barbecue is part of that, too. Like I always was like, all right, I really want to experience like the real 
Texas barbecue in Texas. See if it lives up to the hype. Um, That's why I took my trip. I had like flight points and a weekend off. And I was like, oh, man, no one will travel with me. What do I do? And where do I go? And I was like, you know what? I want good barbecue food. So I went to Dallas for four days by myself. Yeah. And it was fun. And I took a cheese making class and I learned to make mozzarella. There's like a cheese place there that does classes. I don't know. Sounds like a hell of a time. We'll have to we'll have to do that with me uh, in the future. Um, (laughs) But we have to swing by the Duplicy residence um, as well. (laughs) So Bear, um, also, did we get sidetracked from you? Did you? um, We talked about my Atabay. Okay, good. I didn't want to make sure we didn't (laughs) take away from that. How she starts? She starts at the top, Matt. She, you know, she she smokes an Atabay. She dates and gets engaged to you. She starts at the top. You know. I know. Ooh. I know, right? It's uh <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say to that. That's yeah, she she does. Take 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 the compliment, shut the fuck up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <Everybody. laughs> I'm gonna have more fun with you on the show than I anticipated, I can already <laughs> tell. Um so I don't know. How do we how do I wanna start this with Bear? I mean not a conventional guest, I guess. Again, it's another, you know, peer of the media. Um let me see. We could talk about Coop. Because he's not here to defend himself, um, as much as <laughs> you know, we love you know him. You know he's probably fucking watching too. I know yeah. where I know exactly what he's doing. Him and his wife are watching dinner. It's on in the other room. Although we start a little later, so they might be done now. But it's on in the other room, and they're listening right now. So hello to William and Lisa. Um, you know we love you guys and thank you for listening as always. Uh, Coop, Saturday night, be ready, buddy. Spare part, uh, spare notes. Um, <laughs> spare pots, spare pots. <laughs> um, no, I mean you. Uh, obviously, you know your, you know your um, your accomplishment has been Elo Sufumar takes, um, but you are a part of the uh, cigar coop team as well, um, and you, you know you've you've done some really good stuff with him and and uh, some of the other guys that are kind of involved with him and, um, but you know I don't think uh, our audience or maybe. Um, you know, anyone who just doesn't follow you in general um, knows a little bit much about Elo Sufumar. So how how exactly did you start, you know, for, for the audience who, who doesn't know? Tell us a little bit about how, how did you start Elo Sufumar? Was that kind of before your days with Coop? Or were you with Coop and then you kind of did your own thing? Like, how, how did you really get into the media um, aspect of the industry? Great question. I, I appreciate And first of all, I thank you again. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to be a guest on your show. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I, uh, I, I usually always catch the, the, the replay. And so I, I don't comment as much on replays because it just like it's like, well, I'm, there's no interaction here for me. So I'll just comment to myself <laughs> in my head. But, um, but I, I assure you, I do watch the replay. Um, but uh, but no, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, and hopefully some of uh your audience uh, will be drawn to what I do as well, so that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. So um, I started. I actually started doing videos in the humidor at Michael's Tobacco of Euless and Michael's Tobacco of Keller, which is where I work retail part time. Uh, and uh, you know, before uh, before the pandemic and everything, and I started just doing. Uh, you know, I was really empowered by my general manager and the owner, Mike Peacock and Tracy Spence, and they were like, "Well, you know, we want to try to." we wanted to try and you know this the, the things of engagement like try to pursue different engagement so i came to the table with some ideas and they liked the video idea and so i started doing videos educational entertaining just you know engaging with our um with our patrons online and uh and it was 
one weekend it was the the baseball hall of fame vote had happened and um you know some players had gotten in and and uh and i was like hey tracy why don't you talk about because i told my general manager to do it and i ended up doing which was like the twist of fate because i said i wanted to uh, i wanted him to pick some hall cigar hall of famers he's like i can't do it man you know i'll piss too many people off if i think you should do it i'm like okay <laughs> so i was like well here's who's would here's who would be my first ballot hall of famers in a cigar hall of fame if i was creating one and coop uh and and i had kind of follow each other on social media merely acquaintances and uh and he caught the videos like this is great this is terrific and we were kind of messaging back and forth and i kind of said half joking um well is it good enough to be on one of your many shows because at the time he was doing like smooth draws radio kma uh, stogie geeks and he had cigar coop of course and so and he surprisingly said yes absolutely um so this is how this transpired. Uh, I thought I was going to do a segment on one of his shows. I didn't know which, just to talk about Cigar Hall of Fame stuff. Right. I ended up doing a show, an entire show. Halfway through the interview, he says, we're going to have you back. And I said, fantastic. At the end of the interview, uh, um, well, actually, a day after the interview, I had a job <laughs> as a co-host of Cigar Coup Primetime Special Edition. So... Um, that was, that's how it all got started. Uh, we did a few months of that. We went down to Florida together, covered La Zona Palooza, uh, that year. And, uh, I said, Hey, Coop, what would you think if I launched my own show? I'll also film our takes. This is what it would, the concept would be. And I could get some guests right now here this weekend. And he's like, that's fantastic. And he threw in with me, helped me get up off the grounds and, um, and been doing that ever since. So, uh, for those who don't know, uh, for those who don't know Cigar Coop, I don't know where the hell you've been living, but um, the guy's like everywhere. Um, but and he's on spare parts. I mean, spare notes. So <laughs> your your audience should know Coop. But um, that's right. They know him. And uh, he was on the the the, uh, the one year anniversary show, which was pretty cool. It wasn't just cool. It was uh, it was Matt Booth cool. It was enchanting. So. <laughs> to say the least <laughs> i think coop would agree with that too <laughs> he'd be like yep i i'm good with that verbiage <laughs> uh yeah no it was uh it was a good time yeah he's been on the show um, by himself you know kind of in the beginning it's funny so my inter my introduction to coop and he's like he like every time it comes up like and I feel so bad because like I think he still feels bad and I'm like Coop I don't care anymore it's fine uh, it was kind of like he gave it, he gave me a rude response on Facebook and so <laughs> if you don't all right so I don't know who knows the story and who doesn't but like it, it, sometimes I don't think you've told it sometimes like it it kind of comes up. Like, the story doesn't come up, but, like, the interaction is mentioned, and then you hear Coop go, which, by the again, you know, I, I'm really sorry, and I'm like, Coop, don't do this again. Like, I don't, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like, we're all good. We've done so much good stuff together as friends. Like, I, I don't care. It's fine. Um, it's, it's you know, I, I, I can tell he's upset, and I feel bad, but I'm like, dude, don't feel bad anymore. It's okay. <laughs> so, when the f show first started, um... You know, and naturally, you know, especially with social media, just trying to promote it and push it everywhere that I could, you know, just trying to get some attention to it. Um, I think I had, like, shared it to him or, like, sent it to him on um, 
fa- like Facebook Messenger or something. And it was like, so show started um, uh, May Day. May Day Eve. So yep. it was April 30th. So I think it was probably like around like end of May, maybe beginning of June. Uh, I sent it to him when like there was a lot more people who had started stuff during the shutdown or whatever. And I wasn't sending it to him like to try to single him out or being, I was just trying to just show people like, Hey, like I'm like, I'm here. And he's, and I can't remember what I said word for word, but it was, it wasn't it just like, why are you? Sending no, no. This? It was along the lines <laughs> of, he said, why am I getting this? You're like, do you know that you're directly competing with my show? Blah, 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 blah. And I just was like, I remember seeing it. And I was like, I felt bad. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean anything. I didn't mean any harm. I, I, I was just trying to share it, or whatever. And so I was like, uh, Cigar Coop doesn't like me, um, and I left it alone. And then like I wait. I think it was around like December. It was around like November, December. Yeah. Uh, I had reached out to him, kind of like with like my little white flag, and I was like, yeah. Hi, Cigar Coop. Uh, I know that you're probably still mad at me, but uh, I'd, I'd love it if you came on the show. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know when I'm going to get back. And he sends me this huge message. And he's like, I am so sorry. I like, I should be embarrassed. And like, I should not have responded that way. And like, you don't deserve that. I've been following you guys. You guys do a great job. This whole thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, everything's okay. <laughs> so he's like yeah i would love to come on and it was you know and we had him on and then you know i became friends with coop and like to this day when it comes up he's still like oh, i'm so sorry and i'm like coop it's okay <laughs> it's so weird because i'm now gonna give him a hard time <laughs> <laughs> now now the world knows my first interaction with coop it was like he shut me down and i was like i'm not even trying to do anything and like you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. But it's but, all good in the hood now, obviously. Um, if you remember, he was our first guest on the show of 2021. He was. He was. He was. He was our first guest of 2021. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to do a quick think. I think he was our first fellow media member to come on the show. He was. Um, yeah. Which was very interesting. It was the first time we kind of interviewed someone else of like you know kind of our view um but now it was a great show and then you know it just became friends with coop and you know we we've we have a show together now and you know we hung out in vegas and you know i i i i smacked and uh did the uh proverbial um the touchdown spike with the airport photo contest for cigar coop um which i am ineligible to win but i still i set a i set a i set a new bar for that contest so you know a lot has changed for me and, and and william cooper so for the better which is great and i love him dearly and he has been a great friend of you know not only me but to you bear and to um a lot of people aaron loomis ben lee um you know matt and garrett uh just so, so many other people you know being a, a sage of advice um and wisdom and uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't thank him enough for the the help he and the friendship that he's lent to me. As I'm sure you could probably say the same. I mean, he he really is a special person. What were you gonna say? No, no, absolutely. 
but yeah, uh, Nicole. No, she, Nicole she's like well, frozen. Well, because I want to like, change topics. So. <laughs> oh, all right, that's fine. I mean, we're just. Off here. No, Coop's but awesome. I just. The end. Next, yeah, next, the end. Next. Sorry. All right, Coop, Coop, you got your plug. We're uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here. We're talking about bear. Come on. So, I want to know because I, you know, because I'm nosy. But what what has been your favorite show so far that you've done? And it's like, tell me to pick a figure, favorite You can child. do a top uh, three or, you know, if you want to, yeah. if that makes you feel better. <laughs> sure. No, I, listen, I've had some, I've had some, I've had some tremendous experiences uh, on the show. I'll say that. And, it, and, and while it's hard to kind of pick a favorite, I'll give you three that kind of stand out. Um, I think it's a totally fair question. I think it's just really difficult for any of us. I think if you were asked the same question, I think it'd be really difficult because they're all kind of special in their own way. Uh, even the ones that suck, um, you know, or, you know, their learning experiences or their, their dumpster fire. And you kind of look back on them and like, Oh, that was, that was fantastic. Um, which, uh, which leads me to, uh, which leads me to my first, my first most memorable one, which was, uh, my hundredth take, um, which was with Pete Johnson it was my first interview ever of Pete with Pete. I wanted to do my hundredth episode with somebody, you know, just a, you know, a, a banner episode. I wanted to get somebody, you know, that someone was, special. Yeah, someone special. And it was Pete's first time on my show. It was my first time to ever really interview Pete. I've had conversations with him very, very briefly. Um, but um, um, Pete saved my life that night uh, because that was a total dumpster fire of a show. So we we get on the air. There's a thunderstorm going on outside, uh, knocks out my electricity. And so I'm, I'm dead in the water and I'm like, holy crap. Um, and at the time, like I was like, I was like, okay, thinking really quickly, like, what do I do? What do I do? And so, um, I had nothing. I didn't have email on my phone, so I couldn't get the link or anything. And I didn't have zoom on my phone. So I, I was trying to download zoom into it. And then I remembered that I could dial in. I remembered one of the phone numbers I can dial in with. So I call Coop to get the meeting ID, call into my own show. This all takes like, I don't know, eight, ten minutes maybe. It's it, it's it's a long time. Meanwhile, Pete's like, where'd Bear go? <laughs> and there's, I mean, there's a few moments of dead air, but, I mean, Pete's just kind of, you know, I mean, I literally left him hanging. And he starts then he starts to realize that it's still live on facebook and so he's actually reading questions and starts answering from the q a from the chat and it was it was awesome awesome stuff and, the, the fact and, that he just picked it up and rolled with it yeah knowing like oh shit something's happening but like with i'm just no, gonna yeah, with no prep like i never yep. pre- now i prep every guest i'm like hey by the way this could happen and it's happened uh it's happened twice again um, in less than 200, in less than 200 episodes, it's happened three times, but happened with Jack Taranio and then it happened with the, uh, the, the gentleman from McAuliffe, Dan Thompson and Andy Yaffe Ooh. and they're, oh, but yeah. they're pros. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, they're experienced. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> and then I had warned, uh, Jack about it too. And Jack, you know, picked up and, and, and rolled with it too. So, um, but, um, but that was my, that was probably one of the most memorable was Pete Johnson's, uh, dumpster fire of a hundred take and nothing to do with pete he was brilliant uh he saved my life that night so that but that was really great i kept it in i didn't edit it out i wanted to keep the memory 
Um, I could have easily done that for the for the for the podcast portion, but I was like, no, I owned it and and uh, and and put it in there. But uh, the second one, and this is still to to this day, even though it was uh, pretty early on, I think it was in the the twenties. I can't remember the exact take now. I'm not like Coop. I don't have an identic memory with all my episode numbers. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have a fabulous memory, but I just don't have that. But it was my first. It was my first interview with Miguel Shodell. Um, Miguel and I had never met. We had only spoken over Facebook Messenger. And I got him on to do a show. And we immediately found a kinship with baseball. Uh, we have this love of history. Specifically that night we found out how much we love uh, presidential history. And, I mean, we, I mean, we really hit it off. And I, I found a friend for life. Like, we're really we're good friends now it's it's crazy uh and it all started with i wanted to get him on my show to ask him some some specific questions about his journey that i was just really interested in because i had heard him do an interview with coop of course and i was like hey i really want to have a conversation with you and that was that was it so it was it was beautiful and it was excellent chemistry right off the bat and it was it was terrific uh and then my third one um and i think I, I think honestly, from an interviewing perspective, it might it might be my finest work. Um, I'm really proud of it. Um, I accomplished everything I wanted out of the interview, and my guest was brilliant. And that was uh, Alan Rubin of Alec and Bradley. And I'm not saying that just because his name's behind his company's name's behind me. I have always wanted to interview him because I've had such admiration for Alan for what he's built. And what he's become and the trials, the very public trials and tribulations that his company has had. He's a father of sons. I'm a father of sons. So there's this this thing that I, I there were just so many things I always wanted to ask him that I wanted to dive deeper in. And I got to do that in that show. And it's probably it, to me, it's as an interviewer, in my opinion, it's 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 my finest work. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, it means a lot to me, you know, with everything that I do is the passion, you know, that we have, you know, for, for what we do. And, and I think it's, it's, it's very easy to say that you have that too. You you have that passion and, you know, and you're very, you know, you're passionate about what you do, you know, on your own or with, with, with anybody in the cigar industry. And I know this is something that you're passionate about as a whole. Um, you know, and to see you, you know, tell those stories, like, you know, I, I can see and I can feel the emotion behind that too. Um, you know, and I know what it's like to, you know, to do big shows, um, do shows that kind of fall off the rails, um, to, you know, feel accomplished, you know, even, even when it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone huge, you know, no. um, it just has to be a show that went well, you know, um, and, or that you feel, you feel was a good show that you're proud of, um, you know, and it, it doesn't matter what it is or who it is. It's about that experience. Um, you know, you talk about your your hundredth take, and you know Pete Johnson being on, and, and things kind of went a little little hairy there. And Pete picks up it. That was still a good show because that's a cool show and that's a great story. And now you have that story yeah. to tell. You know what I mean? So it's um, it's really nice to hear that. You know what I mean? I I it's something I can relate to. You know. Um, you know, we, we've, you know, we've been there ourselves 
and as as well as I'm sure a lot of other you know people have a coops probably been oh, there. Yeah. You know, I mean, dumpster it, it, fires, yeah. dumpster fires, <laughs> or whether it's the dumpster fire or it's that epic show that's gone down. You know, you got you know you got your anniversary show where you got you got uh, Matt Booth, you know, just making coops <laughs> sit there and giggle for an hour and a half. Um, I, I love I love <laughs> interviewing Matt. Uh, Coop Coop gives me so much shit because. You know, when Matt and I have conversations, it's it's different. He's still wacky. He's still crazy. But he's like, no, he's not on that same level, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I think it's because I I just don't – I've known Matt for – so and, and in fairness, Coop's known Matt for longer than I have. But, I mean, I've just known – I'm comfortable with Matt and who Matt is, and it just doesn't rattle me anymore. And so I just I just kind of go with it. And, I mean, I know, like, the next time I have him on, he's going to hear all this stuff that Coop's saying, and he's just going to bring it to, like, another level, uh, which is fine. I mean, again, that's fine, because that's, that's, that's how mad it is, and I wouldn't want to change him for the world, because uh, I love him for just who he is. Um, but I, I, I relish in my conversations with somebody like Matt, because while it's goofy and zany at times, there's a, a soulful part to Matt that is utterly one utterly fascinating and two something that people need to understand about him he's a wonderful man he's also an amazing father um he is and it and it's something that i've i've long admired even though our our our, my oldest and his son are the are the basically the same age they're separated by a month and uh an age and so they've kind of grown up together but apart and we've been kind of on this journey of parenthood together and and uh but apart and and it's something i just i just admire the love and affection that he has for his son yeah you know and i, I i've told him this before you know when he when he does his post with his son i'm like you know like look like you know i know you're you like to have a good time and i know you you joke around and and you have fun you have fun with everything you do but you know when you when you do your posts with your son like i just i love that and for me like i don't have kids but for me it's like it it's what like I have to look forward to, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, like having, like I think about having my own son and like being able to do stuff like that. And like, it makes me excited, you know? Um, you know, Nicole and I are on that path, you know, and, you know, in time will, will take us there, but you know, it, it, it's, it's a nice preview of what I, you know, can hope to have with my own kids someday. And so I love seeing that stuff. And, uh, I, I think he's great with it. And, you know, a lot of people know Matt as this wild guy and, says some crazy shit but you know deep down and this is something that it took me some time to figure out and learn for myself that you know he really is someone who is a good person he genuinely cares about people um you know he wants to help people and he, he's he, he knows the value of being kind to people and you know mm-hmm. uh i think that's important for people who to know i mean you might know mad is just this real funny guy who owns room 101 and he's entertaining and maybe he says some things that just make you go like what but well, at the end like of the, the day he, he's a he's a great human being a hundred percent like the, the the condoms and the nipple touches and the dick jokes like it's all smoke and mirrors man yeah it is i mean it's 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 and, and that's not even a fair description because it's not an illusion. It's part of his character and it's part. And when I say character, I'm, I, it's not fake. It's how he is. He, that's his sense of humor and he, and everything. So, it, but that's just part of him, but there's, there's a different part to people. And that's what I try to, you know, that's what I try to get on my show specifically is there, 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 there are stories that I'm really interested in um, that aren't being told 
when in in traditional media i feel when it comes to when it comes to the premium cigar media and that's not a that's not knock there's just questions that i would want to ask if i was there and so i i find you know you asked about my journey into it and i was like i i i just want to ask more right and and so i now i have the opportunity to and so i get to have great conversations with you know Matt and you know we and then another bonding point is we bonded over our you know our parents who are both suffering from you know dementia and on, onset Alzheimer's and stuff so you know yeah it, it's which, weird which is interesting you bring that up because for those who don't know he, he's reintroduced at the trade show a few weeks ago uh, the new Namakubi uh, yeah. which actually he's donating did you open the box I did. did I did. And oh, then he, and th- yes. I did. And then he yelled at me and I, lo- yes. I gave him a look and he gave me a look and I said, Matt, I'm going to look. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but no, for those who don't know, um, and this is kind of where like that personal side of him kind of comes out. Um, he's donating a portion of all the sales of Namakubi to an Alzheimer's um, foundation in Nevada. Keep I believe. memory alive. Keep memory alive. Yes. Yeah. Um, so like, again, like he, you know, and that's one of the things like about the cigar industry as a whole, you know, that I love so much is is just the way this industry comes together and the family aspect. I mean, you know, the, most of these manufacturers are family businesses. I mean, you look at Perdomo, Arturo Fuente, uh, Padron, uh, you know, you the, these are all generational family businesses, you know, and then. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, we did for our, you know, we talked about our one year anniversary. We, we raised, you know, over $7,000 for Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. You know, that, th- that's like the part that I really love because it's the coming, yeah. it's the coming together. It's like the, it, you know, anyone can, anyone can sit up here with a laptop and, and try to have a show, you know, become successful. I mean, it's a lot of work and all that and, and there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, it's another thing to take the time and the resources you know, when you're doing all of that to go out of your way, you know, or even as a manufacturer or it doesn't, it's not even just media, anybody, you know, who, you know, can take the time to go out of their way to do stuff like that. And one of the things with Matt that's really interesting, too, is that he is, uh, sorry, I'm getting a bunch of messages from here. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, but, you know, it's just it's another great example of just how people in this industry can really just give back and create so much more um but anyway i'm get we're kind of getting off of the path here um because i forgot we do have to hit our news segment uh i'm so sorry we've gotten away from this um our news segment is brought to you by mcauliffe cigars mcauliffe cigars become an ambassador today if you head over to mcauliffe you can sign up be an ambassador and get your official ambassador coin and number um so i would say the biggest breaking news of the last like four hours really uh, in the cigar industry is Drew Estate has announced that due to the recent surge in coronavirus cases due to the Delta variant, um, they have decided to cancel all remaining in-person events for 2021, which do include the Barn Smoker, DE25, and their other in-store um, you events, know, events with, reps. with reps and stuff yeah. like that. So, And I think as of August 14th, which is next Friday or Saturday, um, all of their staff and employees will no longer be going to shops and traveling around, trade shows, anything like that. They'll all kind of be stationed back at home again. Um, 
it, it, it's a t- it's a it's a tough one to to hear. I mean, you know, we, we feel like we're on the right track here, and we're kind of moving forward, and it, that just kind of makes us feel like now we're going backwards again. So it's it's uh, it's it's discouraging to say the least. Uh, and not that I'm I'm not putting this against Drew Estate. That's not what the, I, I mean. I, I understand they they had to make a decision that that's really it's tough. It's more COVID as a whole. Yeah, it's 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 it, as a society. It's it's just it's it's you know. It's it's unfortunate, but you know we were supposed to be at Barn Smoker Connecticut next weekend. Um, you know we were all excited, and now we get this news, and I just maybe like wow. I mean that you know that was gonna be a great time. So many people we were gonna get to see and 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 meet up with and kind of reconnect with, and uh, but you know people got to do what they got to do. And it's the first company I've heard of, not even just in the cigar industry, and maybe I just live under a rock, so who knows? But um, that is that have canceled so many events out through the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really heard of anyone else canceling anything. Um, you know, I reached out to Joe Grove before the show, um, you know, letting him know, like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I got the news, you know, and uh, that's gotta be tough for all you guys over there. I know that's, I know that's a tough decision to make. Um, so I just want to let you know, like, you know, thinking about you, you know, I know that, I know that sucks. And, you know, I said I, I was just a little shocked too because I I don't think I've heard anyone else really cancel anything and and he had pointed out uh, I guess the New York Auto Show was canceled too which I didn't even I didn't know about but um, you know it makes me start to think like okay like are we gonna start seeing more stuff like cancel and roll back now um, I don't know Bear what's your what's your take on this topic Well I mean like you I think. I mean, I, I'm I'm disappointed. I mean, it was going to be another time where I was going to get to see you guys and Coop and Loomis. And the, I was like, actually, the entire developing pallets team was actually scheduled to come down. So I was going to get to see McTavish and Seth and, and June for the first time in a couple of years and, um, you know, some other folks as well. And so, you know, Coop and I were actually just talking last night about some plans that we were having um, to come and, you know, that we're going to do. And so he, I mean, he's still scheduled to come that week for, for travel. I don't know if that's still going to happen now, but I mean, I'm disappointed. Um, but I mean, at the same time, you know, I understand, um, you know, that I think that's the, I think that's the thing as individuals, you know, or as a small, as a, the small media entities that we are, it's an, it's an easier decision for us one way or another. Cause it's like, Oh, this affects me personally. Like, mm-hmm you know, right. Whatever. Uh, or in my case, my, me and my family in your cases, you know, the two of you and your families, but like, it's, I mean, it, the, the, the scope is a lot smaller, right? You know, right. When you run a, when you run a large organization like true estate and large is relative, right? I mean, there's still a small business, you know, definition wise, but there's a lot of folks, um, that do a lot of travel. There's a lot of people that they're responsible for and they've got to make the best decision, what they feel is the best interest of their people. And, um, you know, I'm sure they, um, there's no way this decision came lightly. No. Um, and I, you know, there, it, it's just, it's just disappointing overall, but it, it would be interesting. I, 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 I have no doubt that that if Drew Estate was still owned, uh, American owned, that they probably would still come to the decision. I'm 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 interested if the because you you know Europe tends to be a little bit more conservative and everything. 
I'm interested if that if that played into a dynamic because they're they're an international company. You know, they have right. you know, Nicaragua, they have the United States. This is where their main headquarters are. Drew Estate it is, but you know, I don't know if that was a corporate decision too. If it's the entire Swisher International Corporation that's going back into this, or if it's just Drew Estate because they're because of what's going on here in the United States. There's some fascinating facets to this, like some moving parts. Interesting to look into as time will develop and find out. And I'd be again, cur- this. Sorry. No, I, I was going to say, again, <laughs> this is me just asking way too many questions. But No, I'm also curious, too, to see if this is now the standard. You know, there are some other large cigar events slated for the remainder of the year. Uh, you know, are they going to be canceled now? Let's... Yeah, I mean... Um... Was uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Was the uh, Dortmund Germany show happening? I don't think it is for this No, show. but I Inter- just mean Inner Tobacco. Yeah, that was canceled. Um, which again, it's a European thing, uh, so I know everything's. It's kind of different in Europe right now than than it is here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, we just had a trade show a few weeks ago in Las Vegas, and there was a lot of people there. Um, you know, that's already passed, but you know, we were able to get together for that. Now, now all these Drew Estate events are canceled. Um, you know, and, and and yeah, like Nicole said, I know there's a lot. There's a lot of other events. Um, there's that other one in Vegas. I can't. Why can't I remember the name? Oh, Sorry the big, the, the big, yeah. the big smoke. The big smoke. That's the big right. smoke. Yep. That's right. Will that's that another be one. That's true. Um, there's the one in Pennsylvania, and I'm so horrible with the names, but the. Um, yeah. Um, Cigar Fest. Yeah. Cigar Fest. Cigar yep. Fest. By, yeah. Um, so. That's interesting. You know, it's true. You know, do we, so do, you know, I guess, I guess we're kind of getting back into a converse, conversation. Yeah, Carlito, who's watching the show with us, uh, it said big smokes, question marks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. we're at that, I guess after today, I'm back in that, that chair again where I'm like, okay, well, you know, Drew Estate decides to, to pull back on their events. Are we, are we back where we were you know, a little over a year ago where we're like, oh, what events are going to happen now? I mean, do I mean, I, I guess it kind of gets into the whole, you know, the coronavirus conversation on its own. It, it, and like Vera said, there's multifacets here. Um, you know, can we expect to see more stuff now? Well, you know, like, is Drew Estate going to be the trendsetter for, well, maybe we should pull back our events. Not that, like, they did anything wrong. That's not the narrative here to make it clear. Um you know, they obviously made a decision and, and that's that's fine. You know, they have to do what's best for them as a business. But are they going to set a tone where other companies can feel like, well, you know what? Drew Estate canceled the events. Should we think about this too? And then there's a, a ripple effect. Oh, they're already thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean. And if they Big weren't is, now. <laughs> yeah, Big Smoke is a cigar aficionado event. And remember, uh, you know, uh, Schenken Media Group's uh, uh, corporate. Remember, Cigar Aficionado wasn't at the trade show. And it wasn't. They weren't boycotting it. They weren't protesting. They were not there because of their their corporate uh, their corporate uh, bylaws or whatever. Their 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 their, their for the pandemic. Yeah, the corporation establishes. So they were they were they were strictly not there for for the reasons of the the pandemic. So um, they were. I mean, that was a few weeks ago, guys. And so now there's the surge now. I mean, I, I fully expect Big Smoke to be canceled because. Yeah, it's unfortunate, you know. Um, it's just interesting because I know here, if we're just talking about what's going on COVID related, they're talking about, 
um, you know, one time showing your vaccination card in a lot of places. I know New York, they've already done that for going out to eat. Like you have to show it when you go out to eat. Bring mass back. Um, Obviously, this is going to be the next thing. Yeah. And then bringing mass back, which you can't have a cigar event with mass. Anyway, like you just you can't. Yeah. <laughs> like. Um, well, the CDC already recommended that masks be masks are required now in uh, hotbeds. So uh, right. basically just major yeah. urban areas. So where I'm here in Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, Dallas County and Tarrant County both announced uh, returns to masks for indoors, even if you're vaccinated. See, um, they they didn't do that here in Boston yet. It's not a mandate. So it, it's an advisement. And then but I have a feeling it's going to be going to mandate. Austin, yep. Houston did it. Um, you know, Atlanta did it, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, in a lot of ways we're, we're going backwards, but I think, you know, I, I think it's still progress though, guys. Cause I mean, it's, it, it might be one step back, but, or, or, or one step forward and two steps back. It's slowly, but surely like it's, it, we, we've seen where it, we've seen where this won't go on forever. Right. You know, we were able to get it. I mean, last year, you know, when, you know, we were in the darkest days, you know, we were able to progress to a point where, you know, we things were open and there was no mass. So, yeah, I mean, we know that it can't last forever. I mean, obviously, you don't want it to come back. Um, you kind of want it to be gone and be and be done with. So to see it kind of creeping back in, it's like, you know, we, we just we just had that taste of fresh air. And that's like, oh, now we're getting, you know going back inside the dungeon but you know hopefully it's not going to be the same as before obviously as i think the hope you know maybe things are different now especially with you know vaccine rollout and all that so you know well, well i guess again it, it's one day at a time like we said last time you know it's one day at a time we will see what happens um but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how this does progress and um at what point it does kind of peak and then come back down again so you know, it could be next month. It could be four months from now. You know, last year we talked about two weeks to flatten the curve, and here we are a year and a half later. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? How'd so how that two how that two weeks out work out? No, that was my favorite. Uh, Seth Geis of Developing Pouts posted a meme. A lot of people posted this meme, but he posted it, and I when I had him on my interview, I had him. I interviewed him like a, a year and a couple months afterwards when we were still very much in the throngs of uh, the pandemic and. Um, and his his the meme was, uh, we can save the world by sitting on our ass for two for and watching television for two weeks. Don't fuck this up. And I was like, how do you feel about how that aged, Seth? So, <laughs> 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 um, I mean, there's no way for him to tell. But it's it, I mean, at the time it was a funny it was a funny crack. But I um, saw another one this week, and it was like I forget what the picture was, but I remember the the wording was like, "Welcome to year two of 14 days to flatten the curve." <laughs> um so you know it, it, you know it is what it is it, it's it's kind of beyond our control and whatnot so you know we'll see what happens that's the best we can hope for the best really um so bear moving on from that let's uh i want to start i'm I'm trying to start a, uh, a new uh segment here on the show um in, in a way to kind of change things up a little bit so uh we're gonna get into our top change Spare, spare change. <laughs> Never gonna let the jokes down on that. You know, Coop, Coop goofed on it twice, and now it's the running joke, getting the name wrong. Um, no, I mean, it's our. It's gonna be our top three segment. Um, and this week for you, um, you know, I thought about you know what I wanted to 
to kind of do with it. And I would say top three, and this could be, it doesn't have to be like celebrities or anything. It could be like anyone, you know, personally, it could be a celebrity, it could be your know, historical figure, whatever. Uh, top three most influential people to you personally in your life. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Um, wow, that's a really good question. Um, top three most influential people. Um, well, let, I mean, let's start off with, let's start off with one. Um, and then we can kind of go from there. Um, I mean, one of the most influential people in my life is, is my father. Um, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier and, and the people in my audience know he's, he's, uh, unfortunately he's, he's suffering from, uh, onset dementia and Alzheimer's and, and in a lot of ways, you know, he's, he's not the person that raised me anymore. You know, he's a much different person. And, um, but his influence throughout my life has been in a lot of different ways. You know, there's things that about him. Um, you know, that I want to be with all my heart and there's things that I, that I don't want to be or emulate with all my heart because of him. Um, I am blessed with a lot of his virtues and some of his flaws. Um, but the way I can best describe my father is and you could almost—he almost writes his—you know—he almost writes his own his uh, his own biography, uh, you know, in, in a in a brief in a brief sentence, which is, my father was a man, um, deep deeply moved by life, with a love with a love for God, his family, and baseball on a sunny afternoon, hmm. and he never met a stranger he was always friendly to anyone and everyone he was he's a he's such a giving heart and you know we didn't have much growing up you know um my dad worked hard his entire life to give us the <clears throat> blessings that we had and he uh but yet he would always he always found he always found things to give you know he would always he, he, we never he never missed an offering plate at church on Sunday. He never missed an opportunity to help somebody in need. And he always gave the most important commodity in the world, which was time. So um, there's a lot of things to and, – and, man, he has some quotes. Uh, some some bear repeating, some don't, uh, <laughs> hmm. which is an, an interesting um, – tidbit in itself i'll i'll probably share some with you offline at some point <laughs> but absolutely um, <laughs> uh, but you know it's interesting when his words echo in my head because they happen at random times um you know in life and and that's and that's what you you know when you talk about influence i mean that's the that's the i guess the 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 staple is that you know he you know, throughout your life, throughout your day, random times, he's the person echoing in your ears. So, um, so I'd have to say my father, 
um, you know, uh, my faith has guided me. I don't like to characterize God as a person, but my faith has guided me a lot through my life. Um, mm. you know, I'm a, I, I am, a, I am a Christian. Um, and, um, I'm a very, very bad Christian, but so is every Christian because we're all flawed because we're all people. And, uh, despite that, uh, God still loves us, but I don't characterize God as a person. So I wouldn't say he was influential. So I'll leave him out of the, I'll leave God out of the conversation. Um, other than the little tidbit I gave him right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a very good question. Um, who came up with this? Me. Cause I, okay. This is really good. Nicole, you should have totally taken credit there. Sorry. I'll have, um, <laughs> you're, you're all, you're honesty. Um, My father, um, my older sister as well. Um, really? Yeah, my older sister who uh, we couldn't be more opposites in a lot of ways. Um, she's a Yankee fan for one. I don't know how the fuck that happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, she, you know, she, she works as a registrar at the Whitney Museum in New York. She's worked for the Met in New York. Uh, she worked for the Dallas Museum of Art for a long time. Um, she's incredibly brilliant. Incredibly brilliant. She has a beautiful soul. She has a wonderful sense of humor. She has the best laugh in history. It is infectious, and it's not obnoxious at the same time. It's crazy how she does that. Uh, but that it's, it's she's a wonderful person, and she taught me that there was more. There was more to life than than a lot of things that I thought as a, as a, as a kid, you know, I mean, I was obsessed with sports growing up. I'm still obsessed with sports, uh, particularly baseball. And, uh, but she got me into reading. She got me into art. She got me into philosophy and she got me into a lot of things that I, you know, you know, if I hadn't had her, I wouldn't have. Um, but the most important thing that she taught me, um, is that, when you've given when you've given all of yourself and this could be in anything in any relationship or any problem when you've given everything you've got to something and you have nothing left to give it's okay to say that you have nothing left and that was a really hard lesson for her to learn i saw her learn it quite a few times um and she taught me that lesson and so and that was that was really great um She's a she's a beautiful person and a lover. She's getting married in October, or at least we hope now. Uh, she's canceled her wedding three times, postponed oh, it three no. times, wow, because uh, of COVID. That's tough. So we're we're <laughs> we're hoping she's getting married in October. Um, they finally said fuck it. They finally went and did the courthouse thing. They're finally married. Thank God. Like, <laughs> well, serious. at least there's that. Yeah, at least there's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. There's that. And then <clears throat> the third one's probably the toughest. I didn't realize that this would be so impactful when I yeah. came up with <laughs> it. I thought it would be, it would be like, ah, oh, like, you know, this guy and this guy. Yeah. Like but, Wayne Gretzky. And, <laughs> 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 uh, sorry. But I, no, this, I, this I actually, really it, no, it, it really got me thinking here. No, I mean, it, it turned out even better than I thought is really what I think I meant to say. It's, I didn't, I didn't know that it would, uh, kind of be this you know really special this is really really nice uh stuff that you you you've you've mentioned to us in the audience as well 
Uh, and I didn't mean to stump you either. I, like I said, I... <laughs> well, it's not really stump. I, I, I think it, I'll tell you what it is before I answer my third one it, is just so I can say that I answered the question. I don't want to say that I beat around it. Um, um, I, I've been very, I am, I, I'm, I'm my, my mother and my father have told me this throughout my life. I'm, I'm blessed. I am blessed with friendship. I have had some, inc- I've had incredible friends in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, some months that I've had lifelong, some that have only been friends for a while, but they, they were influential in their own right. And, and so I've been blessed. I've been blessed to have great people around me. My entire life. So this is a really difficult question, and it, it's unfair to a lot of people, a lot of amazing people that I've had in my life, because um, they really, they really are, they really are influential. Um, so um, I, I would have to say, if I to answer my third question, we'll just stay with the theme of of, of family. And, and and while I'm married to a a, a beautiful soul and my wife. Chris, um, and she certainly influences me a great deal. Um, I would say that the third most influential person in my life is, is my older son, Jeremiah, um, because um, he he's taught me so many lessons about you know about everything, a, a world I didn't know or understand at all, which is parenthood, and uh, he's taught me about kindness. He's taught me about how he's taught me about you know sense of humor um he's taught me more about construction equipment than i'll ever want to fucking know. Uh, <laughs> and um he's taught me that there, you, you don't need a lot in life to find joy um because he finds joy and literally i mean from the moment he was scooting around on his butt around my kitchen floor his favorite toy he had toys all around him of course because we spent a lot of money on toys but why would you do that uh because his favorite toy was a kleenex box that was empty so you know but it i mean hours of joy of playing with an empty kleenex box i mean it's fantastic it's wonderful what children teach you um i have crazy imaginations right yes yeah 100 percent. so um and I never give him enough credit for that, and and I should probably start to. So now that he's old enough to understand a little bit. I forget how old is he. He just turned six. Yeah. Yeah, it's a special age. You know, we yeah. we have uh, Cassie with us, um, Nicole's niece, who uh, she's seven, and she's uh, it's she's such a great kid, and uh, just being able to have that experience with with uh some of that age it's interesting there it's it's an interesting age you know is what i'll say you know just to observe them they're not like toddlers anymore but they're not quite at that like preteen era that they still have that imagination and creativity but they start to kind of pick up on some things in the real world maybe they don't understand it but they they pick up on its existence and they start to kind of figure out a little bit and it's just interesting to see them kind of grow and, and react the way they do. Um, so, you know, and again, that, those are the things I look forward to someday for myself. Um, Sorry for being so, like, so long-winded there. I just... No. Uh, that was a really good question. That's a really good question. So, no, like, hey. Deep. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's totally cool. You know, I, I appreciate you, you know, opening up and sharing all that with us. That, that's, uh, that's really special. Um, and, uh, it, you know... I, I've known you for a while now, but you know, I've learned even so much more about you now. You know, um, it's it's always special when you have these conversations. Um, I would say my last question for you uh, before we get towards the end of the show 
is one I do want to touch on. Um, you know, and you and you da- and you lightly touched on it. You know, when you're talking about your dad, but uh, and maybe this is kind of a segue back into him a little bit. But I know that baseball is very special to you. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that connection. Um, well, it started as a, a, at an early age. You know, my father my father played minor league baseball for the Red Sox. Um, you know, the the cup of coffee before the cup of coffee. Um, he had a really uh, he had a really cool roommates uh, in minor league ball camp. Uh, that a lot of people probably know. Uh, he went. He had a weird last name. Um, I think I'll pronounce it correctly. It was Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski. So oh, I see what you did there. You could see uh, you could see who actually who actually made it between them two because yeah. no one knows no one knows Bernie Duplessis although they should. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, he played minor league ball for the Sox. He grew up playing all all kinds of sports uh, in a town outside of a town of Bangor, Maine. Um, my family knows people that uh, are friends with John Carney's family. That's that's how great the state of Maine is because that's the nice connection and everything. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I got into it because of him. Um, we were always watching it, uh, and we were always playing it in the backyard. I wanted to be a ball player for as long as I could remember. Um, and, you know, the, the games really changed. And my, my dad, you know, who just played it, you know, he didn't have these camps and these things that even when I was growing up was starting to become a thing. In order to, to make it, you had to, you know, have a lot of money. To, to really, you know, I mean, there's some people that are fortunate enough, which is God's talent just to be able to make it and stuff. I didn't have such talent. So, um, but I mean, I love to play and, and, and there, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing more special than putting on a pair of cleats. You got your ball, you got your ball, you have your glove, the smell of leather. Like it's the whole field of dreams, Ray Liotta speech and field of dreams. Like it is the cool of the grass on your feet. It's the, the, the way that the, it's the way that the lights, if you're ever fortunate enough to play a night game, it's the way that, you know, the, the lights kind of stare into your eye. It, 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 it's the way that dirt feels when you slide into a bag. It baseball is such in a romantic experience and it's 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 captivating it's 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 pure teamwork but there are so many things that the individual has to do to make the team go i mean it is a phenomenon it is the world's greatest game and i always say that and i i was taught i was fortunate enough to learn from a man who had a love of it as deep as i do today and that's why i have it and it's it's just it's a it's as much a part of me as anything else i know yeah, you know, baseball is one of those sports that you know it's hard not to be uh, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball. Um, it's America's great, pastime. Great quote, Moneyball, love it. Moneyball, that's right. Yeah, that's right. See, Bear knows he knows his he knows his baseball. Uh, you know, and and it's so true in so many ways. You know, it's a lot of history there. You know, I mean, baseball. I mean, that's older than football and, and and basketball and arguably you know hockey as well i mean it's been around for a very long time you know you look at you know the history of teams and stuff i mean look at the red sox history back to the boston americans i mean they were around mm-hmm. 1800s you know the oldest hockey teams i, I if i remember correctly are like maybe the 1910s i want to say is when hockey really started to really 
Yeah, something like that. Professionalize. Um, but, I mean, baseball, I mean, there was there was leagues and, and organizations before, you know, the 1900s. A um, lot, lot of history there. And it's just, it's a game that has changed. And uh, there's been some, there's been some bad changes to it. And uh, which are unfortunate, you know, and just kind of the that kind of take away from the the uh, the romance of the game, you know, um, you know. But you know, it, growing up in growing up in that environment, you know, as, as some people know, you know, I, I also have a a personal connection to the Boston Red Sox, uh, you know, in Major League Baseball, and and growing up around it firsthand. Is special, um, you know. It's the, it's one of the things for me. You know, you talk about like the sensory things. For me, one of the things it was always every time we pulled in. It was the smell. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. It was the smell of the peanuts from the night before, the spilled beer, the 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 cut grass, the dirt. It was like a mixture of smells. It was a very unique smell. Uh, it was it was a bunch of things that came together, and it was the same smell, no matter where you were. When you came into the building, you smelled that smell. You knew where you were, and like you, you yes. just you knew you were, you were in baseball's house. Smell is such is one of those things that triggers so many memories, right? And the ballpark is no different than that, right? It's the same thing. Like I think I think I think we had this conversation. Um, yes, we did. Yeah, I think you were there. Um, and if you weren't, I apologize. But we, it was it was a conversation we had the night at the trade show, uh, one of the nights of the at the trade show. And I was talking about how like if you go into different cigar shops, like they there's a definitive cigar smell, right? Like they they smell similar, but every shop is different. It's the it's the mixture of the aromas from the popular cigars that that are smoked there, and that there's similarities, but there's also differences. And I can tell you. That Pop Safari cigar, where I started my career in cigars, smells absolutely definitive from Michael's Tobacco Viewers. Like there's a different aroma when you walk into those two stores. And I can – and um, we were smoking a cigar one night at the trade show, and I lit it up. And then the aromas that were was floating around the room, I was like, holy shit, this smells like Pops. Right. And I was like, this is, this is incredible. And cause it, t- it transport, the smell transports you back. And like you were talking about with like baseball in particular, it's that mixture of those, those, those aromas, whatever it is, um, that just, they, they instantly transport you to memories. You know, it could be memories of playing, could be memories of watching. I mean, to this day, I mean, I like beer. I like different kinds of beer. I told you I'm a foodie, right? But my guilty pleasure is Budweiser. And because Budweiser reminds me of baseball games with my father because the El Paso Diablos was a minor league baseball team and they had a contract with Bud. And so my dad would drink Budweiser at the game. So that smell of Budweiser smells way different than Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, or any other hazy IPA or whatever the fuck you have. It has a very distinct aroma to me and I'm instantly transported to watching a baseball game and my dad teaching me to keep score and pointing and telling me what players are doing, telling me... When things are happening, the most uncanny thing that my father had, the most uncanny talent, is this ability to watch sporting events of any kind and call what's about to happen. He does it with everything. He does it with golf. He does it with baseball. He does it with, oh, this is about to happen. Watch this guy hit a home run. And he fucking does it. Oh, he's going to rim that shot out. Oh, that putt's going to go to the left. 
and it's uncanny. It's absolutely uncanny. Right. I mean, Babe Ruth may have called the shot, but my dad's called hundreds. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Um, you know, and uh, you know, watching like one one person I always like, you know, commentary Jerry Remy, who unfortunately has stepped away from the from the Red Sox broadcast booth again uh, to yeah, fight lung, lung cancer. cancer. Came back. Yeah. Um, but you know, watching him call out so many, you know, and there's a lot of good play-by-play, but you know, Remy was always good. You know, he he saw a lot. Uh, he called a lot of good good stuff over the years. He made a lot of good predictions and stuff. It was always nice to watch the games on TV and listen to Remy. Um, you know, he's been a staple of watching games. You know, at home. You know, when you're not there. Uh, so him not being in the booth is is always uh, it's never fun. But you know, um, yeah. There's so, a fun story, real quick, real quick. Uh, so like you're talking about the hearing like like Remy and stuff like so I grew up listening to Diablos on radio and the voice of the Diablos growing up uh, was a man named Matt Hicks who I later interned for when I went to college oh nice and now he is one of the him and Eric Nadell are the voices of the Texas Rangers so I can flip on the radio here as a as a 37 year old man and hear the same voice that I grew up with and a man I later met and got to know really well. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That is really cool. You know, uh, and that's the thing about baseball. You know, it's it's similar to cigars. It's it's still that, that old pastime. It's religious in a way and it's special and it, you know, it brings people together within its community and it's, it's not about, uh, it's just about the love of the game. You know, same thing with cigars. It's about the love of the, it's the love of the cigars. Baseball is the love of the game. Um, and brings people together, and I and I think that's just a nice it's a nice note to end on, you know, as we wrap up the show, and uh, and I know that's a big thing for you too, and I I wanted to make sure we got to that, but uh, Bear, I wanted to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, thank you. It's been a good show, nice conversation. We've had a good time. Um, <clears throat> been looking forward to it for a little while now. Um, but you know, next week we have uh, Mickey Peg from All Saints Cigars coming on with us. That'll be a good one. Uh, followed by Great, Abe, dude. followed by Abe Flores from PDR. Uh, the week after that, and um, so we have some cool stuff coming up on the Smoking Tobacco Show. As for spare notes, you can find us again Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, where Coop and I will get into a variety of topics, um, such as how many sizes are too many in a line, uh, humidity control. I know uh, Coop's got some stuff he wants to talk about, and I got some questions I want to kind of bounce off of him with the audience, and um, cigar pokers, you know. Ooh, What's nice the topic. point? What's the point? I'm waiting for it because she did that last night on Off the Record. I was like, I'm, I'm serving it back up for, for a second What's shot. The point? What's the point? Um, so, you know, uh, a couple of cool things, and, and I'm sure there will be some other things that come up. So it's always gonna always a great conversation with Coop. So stay, make sure you guys tune into the Spare Note series this Saturday night, same place, um, 9 p.m. Eastern for uh for that show and uh what's going on sunday yeah what's going what's going on sunday you guys you got you got something going on sunday night uh, i think oh uh, always yeah no, <laughs> uh, uh mickey mickey peg by the way is a great interview by the way i interviewed him last sunday so um i'm sure you guys will have a a, a unique experience mickey's a great guy oh um, yeah uh, no, this uh, this week we have uh, this Sunday. If you guys want to tune in, you can tune on on to my Facebook page, Alosu Fumar, and we go we go live uh, at nine thirty Central, ten thirty Eastern. Yes, it's late, um, but um, we go on, and uh, I have Ram Rodriguez of El Artista Cigars. This oh, nice! Week, and then 
And then next week for our 180th take, we'll have Eddie Guerra of Davidoff. Nice, nice, nice. And if some of you think it's too late, just know that falling asleep to the sound of Bear's voice, which I've done so many times, which sounds creepy as hell, <laughs> um, is very soothing. So, <laughs> I mean, it's true. You know, you may, I know. I know it's a little late, especially for us. You I know. end up falling asleep, Bear, not not because of the content, just the time. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, <laughs> so. a lot of times you know, we put on the show, and then it's like, but it's late, so like we're in bed yeah. watching the show, and. You know, by the time you know you get to like eleven thirty, you know, I'm out like a light, and <laughs> I yeah, it's happened. But it, it, it's I have, I have my regulars that are really chatty in that first hour, hour and a half, <laughs> and then suddenly they go quiet. It's because they're not there anymore. <laughs> they fall asleep. They fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> they fall asleep. Um, so yeah, no guys, make sure you also check out Elo Sofumar. Uh, you know, I I will promote another show on the show because uh, Bear's a friend and it's a great show. And if you haven't seen it, you, you absolutely have to. Um, so Bear, again, thank you for coming on the show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on all of our platforms: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, as well as follow us on all of the podcast channels wherever podcasts can be downloaded and found you can find the smoke and tobacco show as well as all of these spare notes series episodes so make sure you subscribe to us there as well um and with that i'm going to wrap up the show uh unless nicole you have anything you want to add to the show no that's it that's it we've covered all the bases all right guys well thank you for listening at home thank you for watching with us tonight and we will see you next time take care bye thank you